This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson here for a live edition of Take Command streaming at youtube.com slash at Odyssey Sports and uh, of course, some folks know uh, here in the uh, in the stream yard in the digital studio because because they're here with us. Logan, are you ready to take questions live from the people as opposed to just live from me? Yeah, I'm a little nervous about it actually. We'll see what happens though. It should be fun. How many uh, like do you guys ever do anything live for for command center or anything like that? Is this your first so. live experience? My the first thing I did live was at the stadium, which was quite a big live thing. It was for yeah. like a preseason. Not preseason. It was for training uh, camp. Yeah, training camp practice. The open open the practice stadium. stuff. Yeah, and it was like live. You were live on the microphone in the stadium. So live on the microphone wasn't bad, but you were hearing the echo of yourself. It was like a little bit not overwhelming, but it was just like a big, big first time to be live. I'll tell you. Yeah, uh, to say the least. So uh, the other thing too, though, if you're you're providing commentary on a live practice, are you like? Yeah, I don't, I don't know really what Terry was doing on that route, and he can, he can hear you. Like that'd be, that'd be. You always got to kind of catch it and like, uh, you know, <laughs> look it over here. It was more like kind of narrating the drills and stuff like that, and kind of saying, oh, like look at this drill. This is what they're trying to get out of it. Oh, that was a nice rep or whatever. You know what I mean? It was, it wasn't as like kind of nitpicky. I think. Yeah. As, uh, you know, keep you, it broader. You save that for right here. Yeah. You save that for <laughs> right. for this podcast. All right. So here's how this is going to work for those of you with us here in the digital studio. Of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast tomorrow, you don't care. Sorry. Uh, you can hit the little 15 second fast forward and, and I'll probably be done explaining. But uh, you will put your question in the private chat feature to the right. Uh, Matt will then eventually select uh, people and say like, yeah, no, we're going to take that question. Uh, I We would definitely prefer that if you're going to ask a question on video uh, to be on video so that we can add you to the stream. Uh, so I see like Tom's there. He's got his video pulled up. Uh, I know Steven, you've got a question. So if you want to pull up your video, uh, we can get started with you here in the chat. So uh, go ahead and put your question to the side and, and I'll keep an eye on it. Matt will keep an eye on it. Uh, producer Matt also has the YouTube comments pulled up. So if you just want to type your question, uh, you can get to us that way. So we are uh, ready to get going, Logan. And anything just kind of off the top before we even dive into the, the listener questions that you've been thinking about this week as you think about Giants Part 2, the rematch, etc. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the main thing is just when I look back at the game, the first game, I don't think it should have been that close. Like when you look at kind of how effective the offense was producing, um, you know, the defense was playing well, you know, like the game felt like it should have been a little bit different scoring, but just kind of the game flow, some mistakes on special teams, I think put the, um, 
but the commander's in a weird spot where you end up with a tie against a team that you're probably better than, right? And I think after I was kind of like, oh, you know, they were lucky to tie because they did make a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, the special teams, things like we discussed. But I also think that, you know, when you're a more talented team, you should probably win that game. So I, I expect this game against, you know, home uh, home game for the commanders to be a little bit more definitively favoring the commanders. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I was just writing an article for, um, you know, command center that whole the, the team and one of the things that stuck out to me is like if you can kind of make the giants one-dimensional offensively which i think this team is capable of doing and kind of get out to a, a marginal lead like a 10-point lead their offense really simplifies and all the things that they do really well right. in terms of insulating plays kind of having multiple plays out of multiple different formations different looks different backfield actions all that stuff kind of wanes and um so i think you know, I'd like to see the offense be a tick more aggressive. And I would also think that the, that the defense can match up and just kind of trust your keys, even though they kind of the Giants run a, a very it's a very well coached, well designed offense, uh, you know, for, which is kind of counterintuitive considering they're not such a good football team. Yeah, uh, the coaching side of this is something that I think we'll get into as we go here. All right, let's go ahead and open it up to questions. Uh, again, if you have a question, go ahead and put it in the private chat to the side here in StreamYard, uh, and then we'll pull you into the video. So uh, I see Steven. Uh, we're, he's been been waiting patiently. Uh, Steven, uh, appreciate you, man. Not Love the jersey. Looks fantastic. Uh, you got the kiddo in the background and everything. Uh, so what, go ahead and fire away with your question. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys, for doing this. Love the show. Uh, I'm not driving, by the way. We just picked up <laughs> okay. the kids from swim class. Uh, so I have a non-unique question. Um, with you know, Given the current QB climate and how hard it is to develop someone, draft someone, and then find a good QB in free agency, if Heineke is able to lead them to the playoffs and win at least one playoff game, what do you think the likelihood is? Or if you were in charge, I would say, uh, would you bring back Wentz as the starter? Uh, thanks for the question, Stephen. Appreciate it. Um, I think those are two different questions because what they might do and what I would do if, if I was in charge are probably more interesting to most of the audience, Logan, what you would do if you were in charge might be might be different things. I'll say this. If Heineken wins a playoff game, I think you kind of have to bring him back with a chance to compete for the starting job. Uh, and that's one of those things where like, is the locker room going to let you go another way? Like that, that would take some major, uh, major boldness. I'll call it, I'll term it that way. Some, some boldness from Rivera and the Martys to move on from a guy who wins a playoff game. If we get to that point, I think it does make the Wentz part of this very easy though. I, th I think you move on from him, the money, you don't want to spend $26 million on him next year. I don't know that I'd want to do that anyway. Um, but I think if we're talking about a guy who wins a playoff game, Logan, like that's going to be real hard to move on from. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that I think Taylor's going to be back here. I think, you know, some type of extension. I think the question is, is he your long-term answer? And I think us, both of us would definitively say probably not. Right. I think well, probably is not a very definitive. I would say, well, no, yeah, I, would, I would be no, more definitive. Right? No, not he is guy. not. And I think, you know, looking at, obviously, if they make the playoffs, they're going to be picking around 19 or 20. The quarterback situation is not going to be great there. Those top kind of guys, those big names are going to be gone. But I do think that there is, you know, this is something I got to do some research on in the offseason. But I do think there is some merit to finding guys in the second and third rounds with kind of upside talent. And what I mean by that is one of the limiting factors with Taylor is obviously he's got the kind of all the intangible things you want. But if you were to get a guy, and insulate him in this offense, you know, do execute the same offense, kind of grow him up in the offense, much like this Pittsburgh Steelers did with, um, 
Ben Roethlisberger or Baltimore did with Joe Flacco, right? Kind of wait for them to develop. Even, um, you know, uh, Seattle with Russell Wilson, they all kind of followed this kind of insulate, 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 and then eventually the quarterback's ready to fly, and all of a sudden they're playoff, uh, playoff teams in contention. And I think that that to me is something that I think is very, very compelling, very, very interesting going this offseason is who is that obviously we kind of have a general idea, you know, the kid from Alabama, the kid from Ohio state, um, USC, those types of guys, those types of names are going to be that top tier quarterback. Probably I haven't watched any of them yet, but what does that second tier look like? Does the kid from Florida kind of move the needle for you? Can you keep him insulated for a while? Do some of this quarterback run stuff, um, that they're doing that they're doing with Jalen Hurts and kind of slowly build the roster around him, keep investing at certain positions. So I, I think that is something that kind of excites me as a proposition. Again, I think Heineke should be back. I think he deserves to be back. I think there's no question about that. I don't think he is the starter for this team. If you want to, again, if you want to win playoff games, maybe he is. If you're content, kind of mulling around in this you know, almost playoff ether of, you know, almost 10 wins every season, then yes, I think you're okay. But if, if the ultimate goal is to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, which I think it is for you and I and a lot of fans and the coaches here, then something definitely needs to change, right? You need to right. be able to deploy and embrace the passing attack a little bit more to be successful in in this in this offense, in the, in the league in 2023 and, and moving forward. Yeah, so... The thing that I've always said about Heineke is he is the bar, right? Mm, if yeah. you are better than Taylor Heineke, you are a starting NFL quarterback. If you are worse than Taylor Heineke, you are a backup NFL quarterback. That is, by definition, what we're talking about here because he's a low-end starter, high-end backup. And so bringing him back as the guy that has to be beat for the job is not a bad option, especially because Taylor's proven to be someone that is okay with that kind of role and he's not going to he's not going to cause you problems in the locker room. He's not going to all of a sudden be like, "Oh, you told me I was a starter." Cuz they probably wouldn't. They probably be like, "Taylor, we really like you. Uh we would love if this kid comes in and kicks butt and, and beats you out. And if that's the case, then then we'll roll with him and if not, then we're going to roll with you. And if you keep playing well and you just keep raising that bar. You you raise the bar of what he's got to beat out. And like right. you can have that conversation with a guy like Heineke. And he's also not going to cost you a ton. Um, you know, the kid from Florida, I actually saw McShay's mock draft. I feel like he was top half of the first round all of a sudden. So we'll see. You know, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see There's going to be a lot of a yeah, movement. Yeah, but, right. you know, but yeah, to yeah. Point, I haven't watched you, any of them. So who knows? Yeah, you get that, that insulation where they don't have to do a whole lot. And the other thing I would say, though, you know, you talked about building the roster slowly, slowly around them. Roster's built in a lot of ways, depending on who stays, who goes in the offseason. But like, you've got the running back. You've got tremendous receivers. Two of the three are locked in long, long term, as long term as exists in the NFL. Um, and then Curtis is still here next year. Offensive line is where there's probably going to be a major investment. And so if you That's bring in a young too, guy, I mean, yeah, but how much do you like? You need depth. You need a but depth. But St. Juice. And I think it's secondary is Morris, also just Curl? Again, one of those positions. I'm talking about corner specifically, where if you can get yeah. another kind of dog that's going to hunt out there or in the slot. Like that's kind of what this defense is missing. I think if you continue to say Jamin's going to develop, Force is going to develop, can curl, maybe Percy Butler continues to develop. I think you feel very good about that group, but the depth is a big issue. And also, um, yeah, you just need to dog out there, I think. And I think so if I was going to target stuff for this team, obviously quarterback, 
offensive line and some type of secondary, specifically outside corner, you know, a guy that can kind of be a developmental piece if Fuller, when Fuller leaves, you know, or, you know, someone that challenges Fuller for that starting spot. So that that's why I mentioned corner. Sure. Uh, but I guess just my larger point is like, if you're a quarterback who's trying to come in and run in a fairly insulated offense, like this yeah. is a great place to do it. Right. You got you got the D line on the other side that if you can get them a little bit of a lead they're gonna they're gonna eat. Um, you got a defense that should be built to generate some turnovers uh, because of that pressure and because of some of the team speed that they have. And then offensively, you've got weapons to throw to. You've got a coach that's committed to the running game and the head coaching position. We'll see if Scott's still here and they move forward with him or they make a change of coordinator. I think at this point, it probably odds on favor that he would stay. And honestly, Logan, like we can talk about this real quick. I don't feel nearly as bad about that as I did earlier in the season. Like, I think one thing that Ron said earlier this year that it got under my skin a little bit. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, all right, yeah, it's annoying because like you want to have premier people and you don't necessarily want people learning on the job at the NFL level. But like Scott is a young coordinator and he's continued to get better. Um, and so that who's to say that's going to stop. And so the idea that he can continue to build with some of the same groups of guys um, could be a good thing for him moving forward. And, you know, we'll see. I, I don't, still don't think it's a lock that he's back, but that is something to consider when you're talking about all of this too, is like, who is the actual person calling the plays? What's that relationship like? Uh, and and how invested is that person in being here long-term to grow that quarterback? Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, and I, things can change. There's still four games left in the season. Our tune might change pretty dramatically over the next four weeks if the team hits a little bit of a skid here. But I do think Ron deserves a lot of credit from a developmental standpoint, you know, trusting that guys are going to grow and trusting the staff to grow them. Like I think about Forrest, I think about Jamin and, you know, earlier this offseason, we were wringing our hands about that. I think it's the same thing with Scott, trusting a guy and giving them an opportunity to develop. Like, it's funny, like I go to, I went to UCLA and, you know, John Wooden is kind of the coach coming out of UCLA. Everyone talks about him. You know, we had a couple like, you know, athletic meetings with him. And he had 13 years or something like that before he had a winning program at UCLA. And he he got to develop as a coach and grow and become something very special, kind of historic in the basketball, in the basketball world. And I think, you know, Ron is giving guys an opportunity to grow and develop. And I think that's cool. And obviously this can change and my perspective might change about this. But as of right now, kudos to him, kind of to your point, to kind of stick with that group. And uh, you know, back to the the question, to Stephen's question, you know, does Carson stay? I don't think so. I think it's too expensive. I think it's just not the right fit. And I don't think he's shown you enough to deserve that, you know, price tag. Win this, I think, is going to be a pretty solid quarterback draft. And I think there will be some free agent pieces moving around that maybe fit this scheme and maybe fit this insulated role a little bit more, uh, a little bit better. Yeah, at, at the very least, like, you can't pay him that much money. Yeah. There's no way Carson Wentz is a $26 million quarterback. And and sometimes it, it comes down to the finances as well in terms of solutions. Yeah.